thing's suffering. That thing is suffering immensely. Welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of New Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. And today we're going to be talking about episode number 49, Autobop. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Yep. Giant robots and dance clubs. (laughs) Shake it. (laughs) And today, in the 80s, you can tell because the crowd of people has several giant shoulder pads. Including... Some other choice 80s accessories. Of course. <laughs> Raul and his two friends, Rocksteady and Poplock, are looking at a crowd of people trying to get into the hot new club. Dancetron! I love that Megatron is hardly even in this episode, and yet I'm still convinced he named this club with no input from anyone else. <laughs> It's ego-stroking. Of course it's ego-stroking. Also, just disclaimer, if I at some point say Rocksteady and Bebop, I am sorry. <laughs> but they came first. In, I saw Team in T first, so I'm sorry. <laughs> They're all content to do their breakdancing outside. Thank you very much. So Raul put some music on his boombox. A boombox that isn't Blaster or Soundwave for once. And his two friends break it on down. At least until a punk in a mohawk shows up and pulls the rug out from underneath them. Or cardboard in this case. The guy says this is Dancetron's corner. Pretty sure you can't own a street corner, bro. Raul's friends seem completely ready to fight the punk, who's at least twice their size. <laughs> twice their width, for that matter, but... Hello, Frank Welker, using Rumble's voice for a different character. Poplock, in this case. This idea gets progressively worse as a horde of other punks join the first. Poplock comments on the club's strange hiring policy. Raoul tells his friends that it's time to pull a Michael Jackson and beat it. That's it? I could just show that one clip to somebody and they would be able to immediately date it. The punks chase after them. And Welker is apparently doing one of the punks too, which sounds very weird, but he's already doing one of Raoul's friends. Mm-hmm. Raoul laments that his boombox isn't blaster. And his friends don't seem to believe that he actually knows the Autobots. None of that matters, because they are riding a dumpster to freedom. (laughs) Sailing right past Trax's car mode in an alleyway. The punks continue to chase them before the trio is unfortunately stopped in their tracks, getting thrown into the dumpster themselves. The punks surround them when, who'd have thunk, they're saved by Blaster and Trax. The punks have laser guns, because of course they do. We can't be in New York City in an episode without laser guns. Ah, that shoots stylish purple lasers. Because of course they do. Raul's friends take one look at all of this happening at once and hop back into the dumpster. Presumably to have some cover from all the laser fire. Which I can't blame them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A punk throws a chain onto Blaster, which does about as much as you'd expect. I.e. nothing, and Blaster breaks it immediately, just like moves his arm and there it goes. Trax zeroes in on one of the people in the crowd of punks who is in a suit. And looks like a fancy businessman. Which probably shouldn't be in a crowd of leather punks. Yeah. Blaster uses his electro scrambler that causes the group's laser guns to stop working. Ah uh, yes, it's the lack of guns that cause these idiots to flee, not that the giant robots are shooting back at them. Raul pops out of the dumpster to tell Trax that he had it under control, man. Raul emerges from the dumpster to shame bot kind. (laughs) (laughs) 
Raoul and Trax exchange some verbal repartee with each other before Raoul introduces his friends to the Autobots. Blaster and Trax ask them what happened, and Poplock says those Road Warrior rejects tried to bounce us out. He's referencing Mad Max. Considering how the bad guys are dressed in this episode, uh, compared to that movie, that's very accurate. <clears throat> On a, another note, Assless chaps, man, from Road Warrior, you will live in my heart from your commitment to the aesthetic. <laughs> yes, you will live on in our hearts. The Autobots are confused why the random punks were trying to bounce them, since they didn't come from inside the club. Trax also mentions the random businessman that he saw in the group. Blaster and Trax decide to investigate the club and the weirdness surrounding it, because they're supposed to be monitoring for Decepticon activity. We later see Blaster inside the club with no explanation for how or if they made it past the bouncer. A guy at the bar takes one look at them and says, I have to get me one of those suits. Why would you think that's a suit? They're like, what, 12, 20 feet tall? Well, considering what's going on with this club, that'll be covered later. I mean... <laughs> Even so, he seemed like it was him talking, not random bullshittery. <laughs> well, it might just make him think Blaster looks like a fancy man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a few ladies come over and ask Blaster and Trax to dance. Blaster's quite happy to accept that Trax is not. Sorry, ladies, he's already in a committed relationship. <sighs> Trax walks around the dance floor, spotting a woman in curlers and a bathrobe who looks very out of place. High above the dance floor, in an upstairs booth, Starscream paces, lamenting that even with all of his surveillance, Autobots have gotten into the club. Soundwave suggests a murder. <laughs> I mean, go hard or go home, I guess, is Soundwave's motto today. <laughs> Starscream says it's too risky to do it in the club, and that they still need to take care of those kids. What do the kids ever do to you, Starscream? <laughs> he sounds like a Scooby-Doo villain. He totally does. The three boys are taking public transit home. Public transit being a train in this case. Uh, when the conductor suddenly turns evil and makes the train pick up speed. And barge right through a stop. People begin to panic and begin to climb out of the windows. <laughs> Panic, screaming, terror. No one is having a good time. Well, that escalated quickly. Mm -hmm. The evil conductor begins smashing the control panel with a stabilizing bar that he's yanked off the wall. Back in Raul's car, his friends are hanging on for dear life, and Raul yanks on the stop cord until it breaks, causing the brakes to engage. Um, it's not usually how that works. It's like they're implying that's an emergency stop, which would be really bad if someone accidentally yanked on it. If you haven't been on public transit, like I had not been on public transit until I got into college, um, usually the pull cord is something that you just pull to indicate you want off on the next stop. Which begs the question of if trains even have that. Also, also, so so when he, he like breaks it, it looks like it's engaging the brakes on the train, but then doesn't actually seem to accomplish anything. Like, doesn't seem like it's slowing down the train. It certainly doesn't stop the train. So I don't even know why this happens. Trax and Blaster happen to be walking near the train tracks. Trax commenting on how weird it was to see the mismatched people in the club dancing, while Blaster doesn't feel that they found anything conclusive at all. And then the runaway train just goes by, so they hurry off to help. Mm -hmm. Via Trax's ability to fly and a surprise grappling hook, he and Blaster are able to board the train. Blaster begins moving along the outside, while Trax attempts to slow down the train. Which... 
really doesn't look so good on the old boy's pants. It looks downright painful and bad for his finish. Because he basically grabs onto the back of the train and then puts his feet down on the, the tracks. on the tracks to basically try to slow the train down. Acting as, you know, a humanoid brake system. Yeah, it really does not look good on his feet. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't even complain about it at no, all. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Blaster manages to kick the engine, finally stopping the train. So the Autobots find the boys, and they all head to the front of the train to investigate what the fuck just happened. We see the driver make a quick exit before they arrive. And their conclusion? Sabotage. Afterwards, Trax tells Blaster to take the other two, and he and Raul head off to investigate the club. Poplog asks why Raul gets to go clubbing with Trax, and they don't! <laughs> Raul says, some guys got the juice, and some ain't. Trax sounds rather resigned to this. Uh, and just like, cool it and get in. <laughs> he sounds like, my boyfriend is an idiot. I love these two. <laughs> Raul and Trax happen upon a building with active construction going on at like 1am. So Trax's bullshit senses uh, start to tangle and they stop to investigate. They spy yet another group of people who don't seem to match their locale. Poplock and Rocksteady are handed some tickets to Dancetron. They also comment on how late it is, but the guy handing them the ticket says, It's an all-night party, man. He reminds me of Shaggy. I'm more concerned because it seems weird they're not with Blaster, considering the last conversation they had, but maybe Trax meant take these two home? But then that doesn't really make any sense because they're presumably close to Dancetron again, which seems to be the opposite direction they were traveling. I mean, maybe they ditched Blaster. He just wasn't cool enough for them. I'm just saying, I don't think it was well thought through. <laughs> Regardless, they take the tickets and plan to show Raul and those metal meatheads that they can take care of business on their own. Sure you will, boys. Sure you will. Back with Raul and Trax, they are attacked by the group of people at the construction site who begin chasing them. Raul wants to fight back, but Trax says they need to get to Dancetron. So Trax picks Raul up and shoves him into his chest before transforming into car mode. He's got to keep his squishy boyfriend from doing something stupid. Legit reasoning there. Yep. Poplock and Rocksteady arrive at the club. The same punk as before sees them and calls Starscream, asking if he wants him to take care of them, but Starscream has plans for them. They walk in planning on doing some detective work, and they just end up dancing. Blaster has gone to Teletran or tell or the like Teletran one that's in New York. I don't know. Um, but Teletran suggests that what's happening is mind control via ultrasound frequencies. Ah, groovy. <laughs> Blaster heads back to the club to find out. Trax and Raul have arrived, but Trax leaves Raul outside because he's worried about Raul getting mind controlled and he heads in by himself. Inside, he finds Rocksteady and Poplock, who have something to show him. It's a trap! <laughs> the two lead him to a door, and when the door opens, Starscream fires on him. In one shot, we see Starscream in front of some DJ tables. Has he been DJing? Well, I mean, there's gotta be some reason he it, it was either put on this mission with Soundwave or went on this mission with Soundwave, so maybe? Soundwave presses a button causing all the humans to turn on Trax. Trax can't really, like, you know, hit the humans back, so he tries to escape by climbing up to the platform above him. This doesn't work very well, and the swarm of humans push him off, and he falls, followed by a bunch of large speakers, which, uh, bury him. Um, he's presumably fine because Starscream calls Megatron to gloat about capturing him, not killing him. 
Yep. And that's Megatron's one appearance in this episode, by the way. <laughs> Sir, not even appearing in the flesh this episode. I don't think, I don't think, I don't even think Optimus shows up for a vocal thing. That's, yeah. that's weird. He's usually in every episode, at least a little bit. Yeah. Blaster finds Raul outside the club and tells him to stay outside while he goes in. Raul says no. My main machine's in trouble. Raul, no. Raul, yes! Once inside, Raul's friends find him, and he realizes that something's wrong with them. Running away and finding a tied-up tracks. Meanwhile, Blaster manages to find Soundwave, who is the source of the Ultra Soundwaves, who'd have thunk, and is ambushed by Starscream. Granted, Starscream misses, so Blaster tackles him straight out of the room and down some stairs. The crowd has now also turned on Raoul, and we see that he has stuck napkins in his ears to block out whatever was causing the mind control. His friends take out said napkin, but Raoul manages to resist. Raoul proves that love and willpower can overcome brainwashing. <laughs> he then crawls over to a mop bucket and splashes some of the water to his fa onto his face, and I'm like, mop bucket? Why? Why? They're, they're in a club. They could have just had him grab, I don't know, a drink off a table or the bar or something and like splash himself with it, but no, mop water. <laughs> it just seems gross. <laughs> yeah. Really gross. Ugh. He picks up the entire bucket and throws the rest of the water on his friends, snapping them out of the mind control too. So they all stuff napkins into their ears and go off to save tracks. And now back with Blaster, who's in a very compromising position with Starscream. Oh, yeah. Blaster, why is it always you? <laughs> Raul climbs up and turns a valve on the sprinklers, which rains down on the crowd, snapping them out of their brainwashing tube. Smart. Yeah, that might be one of the smarter moves somebody does in the show, period. Yeah. And it shows that somehow the Decepticons were actually willing to follow safety guidelines. <laughs> either, either they followed them or they bought a building which adhered to them. Yes, but I mean, getting something that was large enough that even the booths, the upstairs booths, can carry their weight. That is fair. That is fair. Raul, Poplock, and Rocksteady free tracks, who then goes after a now fleeing Starscream. And now it's Boombox versus Boombox. Or Blaster's Leg Speakers versus Soundwave Psychic Powers. <laughs> Outside, tracks exhibits a never before seen ability to manifest storms out of nowhere causing the workers at the construction site to also snap out of their brainwashing. Blaster is eventually able to best Soundwave by utilizing some amplifiers from the huge-ass sound system that the club was using by sticking his hands in them. And running sound through them? It's very strange looking. Yeah. Trax, however, is able to defeat Starscream by outmaneuvering him and causing Starscream to damage one of his wings. And finally, through the power of amplifiers, they level the building the cons were having built. Trax thanks the three boys and says to let them know if there's anything that they could do for them. Which of course there is. That's how all these cartoons go. Mm -hmm. Blaster is put on boombox duty for a few days while they get enough money together to buy another one. The boys having lost their own in the excitement of the evening. Blaster isn't super pleased about this and isn't sure he's going to hold out for few days, but Trax says some people got the juice and some don't. Mm -hmm. And that is, unfortunately, a series wrap on Raul. Say goodbye to Raul, everyone. It's a pity, because he's considerably better than some of the human characters we're introduced to at the end of season two. You not speak of discount Jerrica Benton. <laughs> yeah. 
However, join us next time as a hunter hunts the most dangerous game, Autobots. <laughs> Alright, so today we have two fanfic recommendations, which Owl will be, is bringing us today, so let's go to her. I have a lot, I have, a, there's not a lot of tracks for old fanfic, but what of it exists, I've read most of it, so. <laughs> Our first one is called Scorch. Our author is Whirlaway underscore Pred. Our continuity is G1 Cartoon, it is rated R, it is Slash. Uh, it is, our pairing is Tracks Raul, and the characters are Tracks and Raul. And in summary, Tracks human friend Raul tries to leave his violent street gang before it's too late, but help is nowhere to be found. Um, the character of Theme Rack is Tracks and Raul, because they're only in two episodes together, we're going to make use of it, it's a one shot. Um, just to note, we usually try to avoid uh, recommending rated, rated R fic, but I think this is rated R because a human gets shot, and I'm like, if you've read Transformers Media, so many people normally get shot that I'm just kind of like, eh, this doesn't seem that bad. But, grain of salt. And the second fic is Riding with Tracks by Kenya Starflight. Its continuity is the Bay movies, <laughs> for once. It's rated T. Uh, Jed, no pairings, except Raul is with a, I think, a, basically just a human character, because he has a girlfriend. Um... And our characters are Trax Raul. And summary. What if Trax had showed up in the Bay movies? Character in Theme Rex, Trax and Raul, and it is a one-shot. Uh, it is interesting to see, I think this was written after the first movie had come out, but not before the rest, of, but before the rest of them. And so it's kind of interesting. And actually, like, it was nice to read something with the Bay movies that I didn't dislike immensely. Usually fanfic does a better job with it anyway, but... It was like, huh, yeah, this would have been a more interesting take on this if we had gotten to see it in the movies. And our fan art recommendation for today is Lebanon Sugi, or literally it means Lebanon Cedar. Um, also, they seem like their name, username might be FSS908 on some things, but usually they're Lebanon Sugi. We are linking to their Tumblr and their Twitter. They do a variety of things, and from what I could tell, <laughs> I think they either worked on official Japanese Transformers releases or they worked with another rather large doujinshi artist. Um, they are much more active on their Twitter than their Tumblr, um, but their art is very pretty. And in fact, there's a set of charms I would love to be able to buy, but I can't find a listing where they're actually listing it. But uh, we have a Skyfire uh, Starscream uh, picture. We have... Uh, Basically, it's just beach time with uh, Megatron, Ultra Magnus, and Rodimus. It's pretty great. And and then there's just a drift fan art that I thought looked nice. Honestly, the coloring style reminds me a little bit of those, um, like the van artwork that you'd see with oh. like wizards. Like I it's just it's, like it's very very pretty and shiny and. It's got sort of an airbrush quality to it. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way of describing it that I would not have worded that way. But but yeah, you're right. It really does look like that. I really like the um the reflection of Rodimus's face in that sword mm -hmm. on it drift. Looks nice. it's, this is very pretty. I like how they did it. I, I like how they did it on all of them. Ooh, those are pretty. Right? They're cute. The charms are so cute. I probably should also post a link to the picture of the charms because they are seriously cute. But mm -hmm. I I found their I found a store, but I can't tell if the store is like their personal store or if it was the store for a con or what was going on. So mm -hmm. I'm just listing their Twitter. Um, 
all of their stuff is in Japanese, so obviously I did not translate all of it when I was looking for stuff. But yeah, go check them out. Their work is, is very pretty and you should go look at it. <laughs> and that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Elf. Toodles. <laughs>